Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Reavers podcast. Here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, I'm in Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel and then to his servant John. Verse 2 says, because he bare record to the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and he that hears the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for their time is at hand. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is, which was, and which is to come, and that the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, number one, number two, unto him that washed us from our sin by his own blood, then he has now made us kings, and priests unto God his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Habakkuk chapter 3, which is you to read now. We will read from verse 16 to verse 19. Are you ready? Are you ready? As your neighbor, are you ready? Uh-huh. All right, let's go. 3, 2, 1. It's like there was some revelation coming from this side, yeah? <laughs> so good to see you in church. Are you ready for the word? Let us have our statement of belief. One of the things that God has made very clear in this season is that he has made us kings and priests. He has made us kings and priests. It is him who did it. Praise the Lord. That work was done without consultancy to us. It is him that has made us kings and priests. And as we gather this morning, we are gathering as kings and priests. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I know I don't look like it right now. But you are standing. You are standing. You are judging me by my hair, but we are standing. <laughs> you are standing next to a king and you are standing next to a priest. When you study the book of Revelations, chapter 5, verse 9, scripture says something very important. And he says that they sang a new song saying that thou art worthy to take the book and to lose the seals thereof because thou hast been slain and thou hast redeemed us by thy blood. Says, and you have, you have redeemed us out of every kindred, out of every people, out of every tongue. Another word there is, I have set you apart. I have made you unique. Then he says, and he has made us kings and priests unto God, and we will do what? Rule and reign here on earth. Tell your neighbor, get ready to rule. Get ready to reign. In order to correctly appropriate the word of God this morning, God does not speak to impress us, but he speaks to instruct us. To instruct us. And there's an instruction in the house of God this morning that we are now entering to begin to deal with territories. You cannot talk about kingship without talking about territories. You cannot talk about priesthood without talking about altars. God is saying that he has brought us to a place where we are dealing with altars, but we are also dealing with territories. That we have relevance in church. Can you hear me, somebody? 
that we have relevance in church. Our weight is filled in church. Somebody can feel your weight, your contribution to the local assembly. But also in the marketplace, God is saying he's giving us a place to reign in the marketplace. Hallelujah. There is a duality. There's kingship and there is priesthood. Hallelujah. One more scripture, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2. Scripture says, Pastor Doc, that it is the honor of God, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. Listen, the purposes of God for your life are not obvious. Because if it was obvious, we will not need faith. It is the man of God, Apostle General Madubuko, who stand on this pulpit and said that the callings and purposes of God are not obvious. You, you will just not be able to hear God clearly. You will not just be walking and you have clarity all of a sudden. There is a requisite dependence of faith that positions us to continually seek. That sometimes it might not look like we're about to take over. But listen to me, even if it doesn't look like it, God said he has made us priests and he has made us kings. And this morning we want to deal with territories. Tell your neighbor territories. How do, we, how do we take territories? Let's have our statement of belief now. Three, two, go. I am a winner. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Amen. Just find a neighbor, give them a high five and sit on your challenges. I'm really excited about this season because growth is happening in Rivers Church. Things are changing. Hallelujah. Finally, our investment in seats is beginning to pay off. Glory to God. Every visitor in this house. The reason why you have space today is because we thought about you. Amen. And if you have been looking for a Bible-believing, uh, Christ-teaching church, you have found. If you have been, you know, those people who have been looking for world-class music and artists who are able to sing on TBN and on BET and on every other place, look no further. Welcome to River. The rivers are flowing this morning. Amen. So good to see you. We are a community church. We are excited to see each and every one of you. You know, sometimes the week can be difficult, but once we come to church, we can sigh. Hallelujah. That is why we were careful enough to have an eight-inch carpet. Ah, you are not celebrating this eight-inch carpet. Ah, this is an eight-inch carpet. So you come, you relax, Pastor Doc. Hallelujah. I'm really excited because of what God is doing in our midst and what is beginning to happen. This morning, there was an agitation in my spirit and I exited the house very early, which is not my norm. And, I, and God led me to drive around Ruaka and I was driving around Runda. For the last one hour, I've just been perambulating around the church. And God began to speak to me so powerfully and he asked me, man of God, are you ready for the increase? Because something is about to happen in Rivers Church, praise the Lord. Something, that is why Joy Kiyoko is in the spirit. Something is about, oh, you're not excited about this one. Uh-huh. Something is about, Pastor Kev, I don't know if you're ready for discipleship classes that look like a Sunday school service, that looks like a Sunday main service. Something is happening in our community. Praise the Lord. We're about to build something here that when the Queen of Shiva will come, there will be no more spirit in her. That the jaw will drop without reconciliation. I don't know if you're hearing what God is saying. The book of Hebrews, the book of Habakkuk, sorry, Hebrews. The book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3, deals with a very interesting perspective about how is it that you can enter into a place of territories. The prophet Habakkuk is regarded in theological circles as a minor prophet. He is not a minor prophet because he was minor on, in size or in stature or in message. He is regarded minor because if you look at the content of what he wrote comparatively to what the other prophets wrote, his book was significantly shorter with only three chapters. He deals and speaks at a time when God had literally turned his back to Israel at that time in Judah. Remember, it is the same context with Ezekiel. He spoke 
30 years after Ezekiel. And it is, it is Ezekiel who spoke at a time when Nebuchadnezzar was at the door of Israel, Judah at that time. And now 30 years later, what begins to happen, there is difficulty in the land and people are complaining and nothing seems to work. And it is tough on every side. It is here that God calls Habakkuk to begin to speak. Now it is interesting because anytime you study the scriptures, there are two dimensions of prophecy. Tell your neighbor two dimensions. Come on, talk to me. I want to hear your voice. Two dimensions of prophecy. And the scriptural standard of prophecy is either foretelling, which is telling of those things that are to come to pass. You know, scripture says, and in that day, men will rise and will hold the skirt of a believer and will say, take us to the house of the Lord, Isaiah chapter 2, is it verse 22, that we may be taught his ways. He deals with what will happen in the future. And there is a lot of prophecy about what will happen in the future. The second dimension of prophecy in the biblical standard is foretelling. You know, it is Solomon that said the power of life and death lies in the tongue. It is Ezekiel that said, hear the word of the Lord, you dry bones. That a second dimension of prophecy is being able to speak to your life and being able to speak to your circumstances. The book of Proverbs chapter 15, scripture says, unwholesome tongue is a tree of life. That sometimes the encouragement you are waiting for is an encouragement that is already in the inside of you. I don't know if I'm speaking to somebody this morning that sometimes the help you are waiting for is the help in the inside of you. That nobody will come to tell you, baby, you are going to make it. That sometimes you have to become your own prophet and lift up your voice and say, I am about to make it. I am about to rise up. Today is my day of holiness. Today is my day of victory. That there are two dimensions of prophecy. There's foretelling and there is foretelling. There is no dimension in the scriptures that deals with where you were last night. There is no dimension of prophecy in the Bible that deals with the color of your inner garment. Baby, when I walked out of my house this morning, I know exactly the color of my inner garment. Don't deceive me, Satan. I am not moved by your gimmicks. Hallelujah. I'm helping somebody here because we are living at a generation where there are charlatans who have decided that I need to tell you the color of your undergarment. I need to tell you where you were last night. Listen to me. Where I was last night, I know exactly where I was last night. I want to hear the word of the Lord concerning where I am going. Why are you in my past while God is in my future? <laughs> Let me say that one more time. Where are you in my past while God is in my future? I heard him say, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away, including where I was last night, what I did last week, what the witches did in my village. Prophecy is foretelling and foretelling. Now, the interesting thing about the book of Habakkuk is that unlike other prophetic books, what happens is that prophets always was the mouthpiece of God to the people. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 quickly. Scripture says God in sundry, at, at sundry times and in diverse manners. He spoke unto the fathers by the prophets. That God, first of all, that God is broad in how he speaks. That is able to speak using creation. Says the earnest expectation of the creature awaited the manifestation of the sons of God. That creation testifies of his goodness and of his glory and of his grace. That God is not limited in his communication. That God in at sundry times in diverse manners spoke unto the fathers by the prophets. But in these last days somebody he has spoken unto us by who? Come on, can I hear your voice? That these last days he has spoken unto us by who? By his son, Jesus Christ. And that is important because if I'm going to take territories, I must enter into comfort that I don't need any man to hear the voice of God. He says, in these last days, he has spoken unto us by his son, Jesus Christ. I remember John saying that in that day, I shall be their God. They will be my people. I shall make my abode 
in them and I will dwell in them. Child of God, you are able to hear the voice of God for yourself. Amen. You are able, listen to me and listen to me good. You don't need to go to any prophetic clinic. You don't need to go to any prophetic diagnosis of the challenges of your life. God sent me to tell somebody that God is already speaking to you right now in the name of Jesus that you are anointed for it. Hallelujah. You are anointed to hear the voice of God. Look at your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, you are anointed. I know I'm helping somebody. You are anointed to hear the voice. Radido, Radido Doso. Good to see you in church this morning. You are anointed to hear the voice of God for yourself. Let that sink in, that I'm anointed to hear the voice of God all by myself, that I can be in my house drinking my uji without sugar because we are taking health seriously, and I just begin to hear the Spirit of God speaking to me in my uji dimension. Amen. Amen. God is able to speak to you, Louise. Hallelujah. God is able. Listen, don't doubt that voice in your spirit. God is able to speak to you yourself. Hallelujah. In these last days, he has spoken unto us by our Lord. Who is that monopolizing Jesus Christ? There is no monopoly of relationship, Eugenia, that I'm able to enter into the high place alone. Hallelujah. I don't need to be ushered by anybody. God is able. Listen to me and listen to me, good Stella. God is able to speak to you. Listen, if there's a witch in my homestead that is doing some machinization, no problem. God is able to reveal it to me. Hallelujah. God is able to show me. But I heard him also say that even if there's a witch or no witch, cast is the, God has redeemed us from the curse of the law. For it is written, cast is the man that hangeth on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come unto us. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Gentiles who believe by faith. That even if there's a witch that is being prophetically diagnosed by some charlatans, that God has already gone before me to speak a blessing that is able to quell every curse. Amen. So we have a prophet here now, Habakkuk, and he, he is not a mouthpiece for God, but this time he's vice versa. He's actually a mouthpiece for men to God. And he goes to God and he begins to complain now. The interesting thing is that there was difficulty here. And he's going to list the five dimension of human life that was not working. That when you look at the book of Hebrews, the book of Habakkuk, he defines life as five things. And all those five things were not working. Isn't it interesting that the book of Habakkuk begins by saying the prophet Habakkuk with the burden that I carried. That this was a prophet who had a burden for the people. And that is the standard of the New Testament church. That the servants of God must have a burden, listen to me good, must have a burden, not for themselves, but a burden for the people. A burden is not something that is light because you, nobody ever called his watch a burden. Nobody ever called his phone a burden. Nobody ever called their clothes a burden. And, oh, this morning I came in church, but I came with a burden. <laughs> That you know I came, maybe, maybe Gideon with his three-piece suit. But the rest of us, you cannot call your clothes a burden. A burden is something that is heavy, something that is not easy to carry. He's saying that there is the true mark of a man of God is that they bear the burden for the people of God. But that's not my point. Then he begins to carry the burden and there's challenges here. I begin to ask myself, why would God release such an amount of challenge and difficulty? Why would he allow it? And Habakkuk, if we are honest enough, he begins to ask God some questions in Habakkuk chapter 1 and chapter 2. And there, there are questions that begin to some things like, why is it that you are God of Judah, yet it seems like we are a fatherless nation? Why is it that things are not working? You know, I heard somebody said, and if you're honest enough, sometimes there are people here who feel like asking God some questions, and you want to ask God, why is it that I am born again, but I am still having some challenges? Why is it that I am born again, tongue speaking, you know, Holy Ghost jumping, but I am unmarried? Why is it that my business is not working? That, be, be, you know, Despite being a believer, the business is not working and there is challenge. Why is it that things are not going the way they should be going? You know, somebody said you are the head and not the tail. But it looks like that I am not only the tail, but I'm also composing songs about the tail. What is happening? 
you know, let me tell you, you need to come to, to New Orleans so that you understand what I'm talking about. And they are complaining. When you go to Adelaide, you know what I'm talking about. When you go to a Luo funeral, <laughs> if, you have ever, if you have not seen drama, forget Showmax. Forget Netflix. Just go to a Luo funeral. You'll see things for yourselves. So one day I went to bury my granddad and one of my uncles stood up to pray. And normally they stand up to pray just when tea is about to be served and when sugar is about to come. Or when they have noticed there is no... So they stand up on two ways. Either when tea is about to be served or when there is no tea so that they can speak to the hosts during the prayer. And my uncle stands up and says, oh God, thank you so much because you are God indeed. That is not in question. But why did you have to kill my brother? Now who will take me? Who will be carrying me to the post office? And on Sunday afternoon, we used to go and have local brew. God, you are a wicked God because now I don't have anybody to drink local brew with. You know, he went ahead and said, I was, I was utterly shocked at this prayer. And he was speaking it in Dolu. It's more dramatic. Then he says, you know, I used to complain about my wife to him. Now who will I complain to? You have killed my gossip partner. Oh God, you're a wicked God. I don't understand you. People are here worshiping you. But I'm not coming to worship you. I am complaining. And God, I'm praying that you touch this house to release the tea now. Look at this Mjaluo prayers. It's crazy for crazy. And it is here that Habakkuk, Habakkuk was making such a prayer, believe it or not. And he was asking a lot of why and why and why. Then look at Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14. He says, listen, the just shall live by faith. That what are you talking about? You are complaining just because you cannot see it? That just because, and we are talking about territories. And some of us will be like, which territories are these? You're talking about kingship. Why am I not seeing it? And God's answer is, you're just complaining because you cannot see it. The just shall live by faith. Now look at these dimensions of human life, he says. Habakkuk now, chapter 3. Let's jump into our text. He says in verse 17, and this is the whole of humanity. He says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, in that context, that dealt with their food. They did not have anything to eat. They didn't have anything to consume for them and their children. They were in a dire famine. He says, although even the, 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 the fruit of the vines, there shall be no fruit in the vines. They had nothing to drink. Remember, in Deuteronomy, you would say, God bless your food and drink as a sign of abundance and blessing. And he comes and says here, it is contraction. It is an economic uh, dilemma because there's contraction on every side and there is pressure. He says the labor of the olive has failed. What does that mean? It means that before, you know, the way we are paid, but before you received your income, it was spent. That it doesn't matter what manner of increase comes your direction. No sooner did the increase come, that the bills increased. That money was coming, but the money that was coming was not enough. It says the labor of the olive has failed. That they are putting in labor and they are putting in work. And they don't seem to see the results of your labor. Have you been in a place, in a season in your life where the output looks like it's 10% of the input? And somebody said that the enemy, there is a curse upon your house. 1,000 times no. Sometimes it is the doing of Jehovah. Let me say that one more time. That sometimes it is the doing of Jehovah. The context was to check your heart. He says that the labor of the olive has failed. Look at this. And all the fields are yielding no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. That deals with relationships. That relationships are also not working. Networks are collapsing. Doors are closing. Neither shall, and, and, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. And is at a place of complaining and complaining. And crying to God. And there are two quick lessons here. Number one is that despite the tightness of the situation, let that complaint be always unto God. Amen. That if we come to a place where we must cry, let it be a cry unto God. That the children of Israel must not cry to the enemy, but must cry unto God. But I want to demonstrate something here. That despite this enunciation of challenges, the prophet shifts his mind. 
the prophet changes in mind quickly and says, yet, tell your neighbor, yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. That there is, and that is a perspective that the Christian life is not always victory upon victory. That the Christian life is not always progress upon progress. That sometimes the test of maturity, Pastor Kev, is the ability to change your mind about the situation and be able to lift up your eyes and to ask yourself, I lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence does my help come from? My help comes from God that despite and in spite what is happening in my life, I am able to lift up my eyes and to see God that I am able to change my mind. The true mark then of a king that is taking territory is not to be overwhelmed with that which is not working. This path that we are on is not a path without resistance. It's not a path without things that are not working. It's not a path without relationships that are failing. It's not a path without, you know, somebody is complaining and saying, you know, I'm a believer, but why is it that my husband has to come home at midnight while other husbands are coming home at 4 p.m.? Why is it that my business has to be like this? You're not the only one who's going through that. Hallelujah. Do not monopolize the challenges of men. Somebody says, you know, it looks like everything is not working for me and my CV is not going anywhere and I've been trying to look for jobs for the past five years. Why is it that I have to do 1,000 songs before anything happens? Why is it that I have to struggle and there's complaining and complaining? God said it is good to complain unto God but you have to have the maturity somebody this morning to be able to shift your mind from the challenge unto God. That sometimes it is okay that things are not working. Sometimes it is okay that the deliverance did not come. Sometimes it is okay. Listen to me and listen to me good. Joseph must not be delivered from slavery. Let me say that one more time. Joseph must not be delivered from slavery. Do you know that if the brothers of Joseph, Pastor Kev, went ahead to save him from slavery, they would have aborted destiny. Sometimes something that looks like prison to the child of God is actually introduction to palace. Let me say that one more time. Sometimes what looks like a prison is actually introduction to the palace. Why do you want to be delivered from the prison? That is your platform for identification. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. And some of us, the desire is to begin to rise after we are on the platform. But not Joseph. Joseph was interpreting dreams in prison even when there was no reward. That he was able to interpret. Do you know there are people here who only show up their game when the boss is involved? That they will only put up their best foot forward when there is something at stake. That all of a sudden when the governor visits your office, that is the day we realize you can speak. That is the day we realize you have clean clothes. That these other days is just mediocrity on mediocrity, dirty collar, you will not brush your teeth, no kingship, but when the governor comes, all of a sudden somebody comes with a three-piece suit, you're like, wait a minute, who is this we, who is this we are working with? That that which looks like prison, Pastor Doc, is actually introduction to palace. It is a platform that the correct perspective is not that my business is failing. The correct perspective is that God is with me, yet I will rejoice in the God that I serve. It is good enough to highlight the problem, but the problem must be balanced with a yet will I rejoice in God, yet will I rejoice in God. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, put perspective to your suffering. Come on, put perspective to your suffering. Put perspective to your suffering. Put perspective to your suffering. The three Hebrew boys must enter the flame because until they enter the flame, the fourth man was not going to come. Hallelujah. Sometimes for you to see Jesus, you must enter the fire. Listen to me, a good. Sometimes for you to see Jesus, you must be willing to say, even if God does not deliver us, oh king, we are not bowing. Because once you enter the fire, Jesus is there. That there has to be a fourth man. But the fourth man is not outside the fire. The fourth man is inside. Oh, glory to God. 
Oh, glory to God. I came to make an announcement this morning. There is no challenge that you are going to that is so difficult that God is not able to save you from. But even if he doesn't save you, yet will I rejoice unto God. Yet will I rejoice unto God. Yet will I rejoice unto God. It's a place of a mindset that is above challenge. Listen to me, it's a place that, of a mindset that is above challenge. I remember early days, we didn't even have fear to go to church. But the determination to go to church made sure we were in church on Sunday morning. And some of us, you know, the comfort of cars, you know, it's too hot, I can't go to church today. Oh, it is raining, I can't go to church. And soon we'll be saying there's no parking space around here because the place will be too full. That church, the parking is so difficult, you have to go one hour before time. Yet I will not go. Listen to me and listen to me good. There is no challenge too strong to remove you from the pit of destiny. Aha, uh -huh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Do you know when God wanted to show... <laughs> the children of Israel, that he is God. He made sure Daniel entered into the pit. Hallelujah. Because for God to demonstrate his grace, he must allow you to fall into the den of lions. Somebody said, that sounds like my DM. It sounds like my WhatsApp messages. There's been, there's been, there's been some lions in this place, but God said, they will not bite you, baby. Hallelujah, that they served you for lunch. Kumbe, they were setting you up for leadership. Aye. Praise the Lord. That is why I join tribulation, knowing this, that the testing of our faith shall produce. Listen to me. You can be raising funds and you've been trying to raise funds and you're doing PowerPoints and presentations and you're doing logo and you're in universe and you're doing all these things. Yet it does not work. There has to be a yet will I praise the Lord. Yet will I rejoice in God. Listen, that is the antidote for depression because when depression comes, because depression usually comes with reasons. The reason is your marriage is not working. The reason is you have just about to be laid off. The reason is inflation is rising. The reason is even the candidate you voted for is now about to be arrested. Yet will I rejoice in God. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. That is how you take territories. Listen, if you're going to take territories, you cannot be running away from very slight things. You know, I went and they refused to pay me 30,000. They have reduced my money by 2,000. I'm quitting this job. Where is backbone? Where is backbone? Where is the, haven't you read the book of Ephesians? He says, put on the full armor of God that we may be able to withstand. Withstand. Come, Pastor, don't come here, please. You may be able to withstand. Do you know what withstanding is? Withstanding is that somebody is pushing and you are pushing back. Hallelujah. You know, on Friday, our father was telling us that we are, we are sheep, but in wolves' clothing. But the thing about sheep in wolves' clothing is that they don't speak sheep language. They speak wolf language. This, your praise the Lord, does not produce results. Hallelujah. That Christianity is keeping you in bondage. Why don't you enter into a place of content depth? Why don't you enter? When Paul came, when Paul came into the book of Acts and he began to speak to scholars, he spoke to them so much so that they said, concerning this matter, we must hear you again. That so compelling was the distillation of the thoughts of God in his mind that by the time he was articulating them, they were like words that were armed like bullets. And these men could not miss these bullets. Then they were hitting them and hitting them. In fact, one commentator, Pastor Doc, said that these people were not astonished at oration. They were astonished at the solidity of content. That there was solidity of substance. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, up your game, baby. That even if there is challenge, it is time to up your game. Stop complaining about what's not working. Stop complaining about the difficulty. You know, I was left. You know, now I'm a single mother and I have this child and everything is not working. I'm divorced. Why don't you pray for me? Why don't you anoint me? Why don't you give me a hug? Give me a hug, please, because, you know, I'm going through much, so much pain. Yet will I praise the Lord. <laughs> Yet will I praise the Lord. Yet will I praise the Lord. I love it. To take territory, Chesai has stepped out. Chesai gets into an investment, and he gets into an it's a two and a half million shilling investment, and it's five, the first five months, there is no return. 
And I remember asking him, so man of God, I'm praying for you, but what's happening? He says, you know, this thing is tough. Things are not working, but Moses is dead. Regardless, we move. And I was like, now you are talking my language. These are the things I like to hear. That you're not crying and saying, oh, you know, I made the wrong decision. Oh my gosh, this economy is so difficult. Why did I have to take the loan? No, somebody 1,000 times, no. You have to come to a place where you say, okay, fine. I took the loan and the business is in this place. Spirit of God, give me strategies now to come out of this place. But even if I don't come out, yet will I rejoice in God. Yet will I. That is how you take territory. Now sit down, gentlemen, because you're making me nervous. Uh-huh. I, that's how I heard big preachers saying. Uh-huh. Yet will I rejoice in God. Now, the book of the Hebrew word for the word rejoice is four things. Pastor Des. How many things? Four things. The first one is the obvious one. Yet will I rejoice. Yet will I expect earnestly. Yet will I expect earnestly. The third one is, yet will I worship the Lord. The fourth one, I like it. Yet will I leap up in excitement. Leap up in excitement. Do you know that the Bible model to bad news is leaping up? You say, oh, now you have tropical disease. You are about to die. Say, ha, ha, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. If the Lord delivers me, it is well. If he doesn't deliver me, heaven, here I come. I'll just be riding chariots this afternoon. Hallelujah. That there is a leaping. Look at that response. That the response to bad news, the response to difficulty, the response to pain, is not complaining and complaining. He's leaping up. Hallelujah. Look at that. He says two things. I will rejoice. In what? In the Lord. I will rejoice. In my new job? No. Will I rejoice in the victory? No. I will not rejoice in the victory because victory is neither here nor there. Listen to me. Progress is neither here nor there. Overcoming is neither here nor there. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. I remember one day in the year, which year was this, Pastor? Was this 2012? And I was living in a, this luxurious house. It has to be luxurious because I was working hard. In, every, in all labor, there is profit, Adeline. Is it not? Or you are judging me because I was living luxurious. How did you want me to live? Okay. Now I was living in this luxurious house, you know, with ash gray leather seats. And I had this uh, stone motif on the wall. I made sure we had a 55-inch plasma true black screen on the wall, and life was good. I would enter my kitchen and, and, you know, blend some very cold mango juice on a Sunday afternoon, and life was, let me tell you, life was amazing. And I was sitting in this three-bedroom room, this three-bedroom house, and one of those rooms, I called it the billionaire room, because there I had set up a full office, you know, with a three-meter, with a three-meter desk, mahogany, the works. And one day, God told me in the morning, leave the, give this house away. Uh-huh. Give this house away. Pastor is my witness. Give this house, this one that you love so much, release this house. And I remember that afternoon, God was very clear. Take your shirts only. I took my shirts and I went to a bed sitter happily. And I was rejoicing in the three bedroom. And I was rejoicing in the bed sitter. Because the blessing is not on the three bedrooms. The blessing is on the man. God is with you in the three bedroom. God is with you in the man. I don't need me a television if God is not with me. Are you seeing that the advantage is you? The advantage is not the business you are running. The advantage is not the people you know. The advantage is not the clothes you wear. The advantage is not your exposure. The advantage, somebody, is the blessing of God on the man. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. And I sat in that one bed, which was a bed sitter. I sat in that bed sitter with a lot of pride. I remember I had my laptop, and you know, before I was having TV stand, this time it was just handstand. You're just like on Church Road. That, interesting, by the way, that, <laughs> that place was called Church Road. Can you imagine? What is the paradox? That I went to Church Road, and now I'm lying down, you know, I'm holding, but I knew for sure, for sure, this is temporary. And even if it is not temporary, I am here with God, and that is what matters. Amen. Don't allow life to play to play brikicho with you. One thousand times, no. Look at this. He says two things. Yet I will rejoice. You please sit down with close. Yet I will rejoice in God. Look at the second thing he says. I will joy. I will joy. Two things. The first is that he decided to. It's a decision away. He decided. He said, I will. 
I will train my faculty not to be moved by what I see. I will train my mind not to agree with the disadvantage that is molesting me. I will rejoice in God. I will joy in my God. What is that? That is a Hebrew word that means I will spin around. <laughs> I will spin around somebody. That you are jumping and then you are spinning around. That the enemy is bringing insolence and drought and famine and labor is not working and there is no money in the bank and there is disease on your body and marriage is failing. But I will rejoice in God and I will joy in my God. That is how you take territory. You cannot take territory if you're being moved by everything that you see. That you see something small, you start crying. And you're not entering depression. And you won't leave your house because this is not working. One thousand times, no. I will rejoice in God. Yet I will. There is no situation that is too difficult to block your praise. That is why we bless the Lord when we lose 50, 54 million and we bless the Lord when we make 54 million. Because the blessing is not that we made 54 million. The blessing is that he is with us. Why? Three things. Because the Lord, my God, is my strength. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Haven't you read Jeremiah where he says that cursed is the man Whose, whose trust is in the arm of flesh. He says, let him that says I am strong be careful because he will definitely fall. My strength is in God. That I'm able to rejoice, Edwin, because I know that my strength is in God. It is not what I am able to do because that which I am able to do is what brought me here in the first place. It is not about the confidence in my abilities. It is not confidence in my networks. It is confidence that the strength that I have is a strength that is God. He says, God is the strength of my salvation. That my redemption, my uniqueness, my escape from the pit is because of the strength of God in me. And I know sometimes there's a, there's a temptation to think that if I could just get one more degree, if I could just know one more person, if I could get some networks into Bitcoin, some networks into KCB, if I could get some networks into the, into the banking field, God will save me 1,000 times. No. God is bringing us to a place where you can confidently say, Ayub, that my strength is in God. That my strength is in God. That when life is overwhelming and it looks like all waters has broken loose and there's a temptation to throw in the towel and die, you can say, yet will I rejoice in God. I will joy in my God because God is my strength. He is my strength. He is the one that is able to bring a whole nation out of Egypt, out of the armies of Egypt, the most sophisticated armies, out of 500 choice chariots of Pharaoh with armed men and trained soldiers, he is able to bring them out, not running like they're about to be killed, but walking like kings. He is the God who is able when the precipitation has refused to happen and there is no rainfall and there is no, there is no productivity. He is able to strike the rock and water comes forth. He is the God who is able to come exactly where you are. And when men have said that you are just but a prostitute, God is able to locate you at your red, at your in place. And he say, rise up, daughter of God. You are about to become prophetess unto the nation of Israel. Rahab he is a God that is able even to answer as someone that is not based on scripture. I remember the woman with the issue of blood. She said, if I could just but touch the helm of his garment. There is no scripture anywhere that says if you could touch the helm of his garment, you will be made whole. But she said if I could touch the helm, it was not the helm, it was the helm of his garment. There were many helms that she touched because she was always bowing down and she had to go around in circles and touch the helm of many doctors. But this was a different helm. This was the helm of Jesus. A God that is able. Tell your neighbor, my strength is in God. 
oh, I came to announce to somebody, my strength is in God. That strength is not obvious strength. It is not strength that is based on muscles. It is not strength that is based on makeup. I remember this time the prophet came and the prophet was uh, tempted to anoint the firstborn son because he was head and shoulders above all his brothers. But God's choice was somewhere in the desert. Somebody who was one scholar argued, who was singing to, who was making songs and making poetry to sheep. One scholar argued that there was something off about his mindset, that he was not socializing with men. He was socializing with animals. In fact, it is one thing to be in the desert. It is another thing to be on the backside of the desert, that you are not only insignificant, but you are now bringing new dimensions, a new de definition to what small is, to what insignificant is. But I had God say, go to the house of this man of God. I want you to find me and to anoint me a king. Just because I am seeing sand and sheep does not mean God is not positioning me for kingship. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, God is my strength. And he will make my feet. I have three minutes now. He will make my feet. Pastor Doc, sit down, please. He will make my feet like Heinz feet. He will make my feet. He's referencing something that the Hebrew people understood very quickly. He said he's referencing a deer. And it's not any deer, it's a mountain deer. Now, the mountain deer, one of the attributes of the mountain deer is that the, 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 the behind feet of the mountain deer are so muscular that they are able to eat up any mountain. The thing about the mountain deer is the mountain deer is able to walk at the edge of the mountain. That the mountain deer is not afraid of falling over because God has given it some strength on its back feet. In fact, the mountain deer is regarded as the sure foot deer. That sometimes it feels like there's disadvantage because everybody has gone ahead of you. But I'd rather take one step per year. But these are sure steps as opposed to 10 steps per year and then 30 steps behind. That the mountain deer does not just go forward, but the mountain deer goes forward surely. He says that what I want to do now, because you, because you have made God your strength, I am going to now make your feet like the mountain deer feet. The mountain deer feet are not afraid of the mountain. It is called mountain deer because it finds its expression in the mountain. There is a desire for this deer to run up the mountain. What am I saying? If we are going to take territory, listen to me and listen to me good. Where there is obstacle, that is where we are running to. <laughs> where there is challenge, where there are things that don't look like they are working. God is saying, I want you to run there. Don't be afraid of the mountain. Faith is for the mountain. He said, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, thou shalt say unto this mountain, listen to me. Maybe it is time you upgraded what you are believing God for. Somebody was here and said, I just want to take my children to Brookside. Could it be that God is saying, why don't you build a Brookside? Why don't you build 10 Brooksides? Somebody said, I'm just trusting God to build my family a house. God said, why don't you build houses for the community? Why don't you trust God for something bigger? Because the mountain deer runs to challenges. And this is a clarion call to some of us who God is calling to politics. Amen. Don't stay away. Run to that mountain. Look at everybody tell them, run to that mountain. Run to that mountain very quickly, very quickly, very quickly. Run to that mountain. Somebody said, the last time I was in that mountain, they slapped me many slaps. The last time I was in that mountain, they talked about me. The last time I was in that mountain, there was no result. The last time I was in that mountain, you know, people took me for granted and nobody appreciated me. Yet will I rejoice in God. Tell your neighbor, it is time to run up that mountain. It is time to run up that mountain. Listen to me, the walk to freedom, as Nelson Mandela said, is not easy anywhere in the world. The walk to relevance and the walk to coming to a place of significance and coming to financial independence and coming to success, it is not easy anywhere. God said, I'm making your feet now as Heinz feet. And in conclusion, he says, the reason is this, because I want you to walk upon your high places. 
not Pastor Kev's high places. There is a high place with your name on it. He says to walk in my high place. That is why when, when Edwin is rising, it does not reduce Daryl rising. There is space for every one of us. We came to cast that wicked spirit that believes pulling people behind is how we move forward 1,000 times. No, that is not the culture of the kingdom. There is a place with your high place. There is a name on your high place and nobody else can take that place. Why fake that which can be genuine? Hallelujah. Why fake that which can be genuine? Listen to me. There is a high place with your name on it. I began by saying we are fighting for territory. There is a territory that it only you can take. Only you can take. And I'm challenging you this morning. Despite how it looks like, run up that mountain in the name of Jesus. Run up that mountain. Somebody said, you know, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just but a house help. I thank God so much that you have something to do with your hands. That is already indication that God is giving you a ministry of service. Could it be that God is now raising you up to organize cleaning companies in Europe? Could it be somebody said, I'm just but a nurse. Right now, there is a shortage of nursing in UK. Could it be that God is organizing you to be the one to ship nurses to UK? Run up that mountain run up that mountain did you know what is happening in your in your prison is an indication of what god has called you to do that as joseph was offering solutions in prison the same solutions had national relevance but they needed the prison for exposure run up that mountain we don't take territories by strength we take territories by rejoicing in God despite our disadvantage or advantage, despite our progress or retrogression, despite, you know, our strong points. I am married, I'm happily married, or I am sadly divorced. It doesn't matter. I rejoice in God. I have made my strength in him. I find joy in the God of my salvation. Let me stand up on your feet and let us thank God. For a change of story or for a maintenance of story, we are thanking him anyway. That if the story changes, glory to God. If the story does not change, glory to God. That my mood, I'm not moved by what I see. I am not moved. I know I'm speaking to somebody this morning. I'm not moved by what I see. Sometimes I see abundance. Sometimes I see lack. But I thank God in all of it. I leap unto God in all of it. Now lift up your voice and just thank God. In the name of Jesus, yet I will rejoice in God. Yet I will rejoice in God. Yet I will rejoice in God. Find that I yet I will rejoice in God right now. Yet I will rejoice in God. Yet I will rejoice in God. Yet I will rejoice in God. I said yet I will rejoice in God. Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop and make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.